This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. everybody and welcome to the show. Hope you're having a fantastic day. My name's Amalepinobi and today we're going to be reacting to a reaction <laughs> to one of the videos that we put out on this channel about natural beauty. I put out a video titled I believe we are killing natural beauty where I discussed things like filler and Botox and buckle fat removal and Ozempic and BBLs and veneers and all this different stuff that we are doing in the name of you know cosmetology and changing the way that we look and trying to find this new beauty norm slash standard that we are creating all the time and is ever changing. And that video went out and we actually got a response from a plastic surgeon. Now his name is Dr. Gary Linkov, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and he titled his The Death of Natural Beauty, Plastic Surgeon Response, and I'm over the moon about this. I think this is awesome because I'd love to hear about somebody who actually has expertise in the things that I'm talking about, and we love civil discourse on this channel. So today we're doing a reaction to a reaction to a reaction, I guess, uh, kind of thing, uh, which is, you know, kind of kind of an art in a way. And we're gonna check this out before we get into that. Of course, we've got Taylor in Nashville. Yeah, all we need is one of you guys to do a reaction to this reaction to <laughs> his reaction, and then we can just keep the chain going. It's like one of the pay it forward thing, you know, who nobody can break it. Yeah, 100%. And of course, you guys know that my basic thoughts on this. I myself deal with my own insecurities. You see me right now on this uh, podcast and I'm wearing foundation. So clearly there is something to be said for changing your features in ways that are invasive, non-invasive. And I think in, in particular, our culture has become obsessed uh, with this idea of changing one's appearance and fighting aging. And I don't know that that's particularly healthy, but we're going to get into these dynamics throughout this video. And I'm, I'm excited to hear Gary's perspective, especially since he is a plastic surgeon who's going through and doing many of these procedures at the request of his patients. So let's watch. Let's react to Amala's video called We Are Killing Natural Beauty. I see different celebrities, young women talking about I hate hearing myself by the way. So this is a little this is a little torturous to a certain extent. Body modifications that they're undergoing, different drugs that they're taking, plastic surgeries they're like Ozampic maybe, that's been a big one. Then we had the buckle fat removal surgery trend. Mm -hmm. I've invested in my body, I have a $150,000 body, four BBLs technically five BBLs. Remember that BBL is actually one of the most dangerous plastic surgeries because if you get the fat into a deeper vein, sometimes that 
fat can travel into the heart and the lungs, causing big problems. From yeah, BBLs are actually terrifying in a way. And I've seen girls who go through this process and uh, talk about their experience on social media of, you know, getting the fat all moved around, the way the body looks after, the recovery period seems pretty gruesome in terms of all the stuff you have to go through, the massages you have to do to your body. I'm not sure that everybody goes through that process, but uh, there's a lot of pain involved with BBLs. And then you couple that with the fact that it is so dangerous that you can just, boom, drop from what an embolism uh, out of out of nowhere, essentially, from the fat being placed uh, in the wrong portion of the body and traveling upwards and creating all these different problems. It's a lot to go through in the name of giving yourself that sort of Coke bottle figure or making yourself thick or giving yourself a butt. And there's so many women doing it. I told you guys that I went to Miami and I don't even know when this was, but when you go to the Miami airport, sometimes you'll see these girls being wheeled around in the wheelchairs, and there's many of them because they're traveling there to, to get these BBLs and then, you know, going back for recovery. It just looks brutal. And I'm going to be honest, some people go a little bit too far, in my opinion, with the BBLs. When you say bubble butt, that is no... That is no exaggeration. That's not hyperbolic. It looks like somebody's just literally placed like a shelf of fat onto <laughs> your your backside. But hey, you know, if that's what you want, that's what you want. We're just talking more about on a, on a philosophical level about whether or not this is good for society and decision you should be making. But yeah, BBLs can be very dangerous. Buckle fat removal to ozempic shot. That's what I was saying. Veneers. <laughs> I find that the veneers end up a bit too white and they look quite artificial. I know one of my friends, uh, Dr. Alex, shout out Dr. Alex, he's my dentist too. He talks about not making the color too white, you know, too artificial because then it just looks fake. And I know this has been happening in Hollywood and in celebrity and with Instagram models. The crazy thing is that some of the Instagram models these days are just like AI models. They're not even mm -hmm. real people and sometimes they make it really obvious and they say like this is an AI model and people still you know like follow and sometimes even give money maybe on OnlyFans where they give money to these people who are or these computer programs that are you know they're not real and that is always extremely surprising. It kind of shows you where we're going with the beauty standard too like we're going from normal uh you know organic looking faces to these sort of plasticified faces now to AI. I'm curious as a plastic surgeon whether or not he is getting patients who are coming in and digitally altering their images with AI and saying this is what I want because I've heard from other plastic surgeons that are doing that. They're putting their uh, patients are putting their photos through these little like AI operating systems and saying you know tweak my nose or tweak my cheeks or my chin and then they're going to plastic surgeons and saying this is what I want this AI created image of my face. So I'm curious if he sees that. By the the way, Dr. Gary Linkov, if you ever want to come on the show and have a discussion uh, in depth about some of these topics, what you're seeing as a plastic surgeon, your thoughts about beauty standards, you are invited uh, as of today and would love to have that discussion face to face. I feel like this is something that you would be seeing pretty much on the regular now that we have the technology to shape our faces in a, a way at our request. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if patients were going in with AI altered photos.
Zempic is taking Hollywood by storm with people like Oprah Winfrey, Sharon Osbourne, Mindy Kaling admitting to being on weight loss drugs. And the results are questionable, but we will get to that. Buckle fat removal also seems to be a major trend. We've covered Ozempic at length with uh, one popular video. We've also had many videos on buckle fat removal, so make sure to check out those when you get a chance. We know that guys are getting plastic surgery to make themselves taller. Yeah, the leg extension Ooh. surgeries, that's pretty surprising to me that people are doing that. It's a long recovery period, potential for a lot of risk. But listen, guys can be uh, quite insecure about their height sometimes. So for some, it might be worth it. And people... So I do want to get into this idea that I, obviously a lot of this is fueled by insecurity. I think very rarely would you be showing up to a plastic surgeon specialist or somebody who's going to help you in any sort of cosmetic way without feeling a deeper sense of insecurity about the way you look or the feature that you're trying to have changed. Much like in the morning when I go to put on makeup, uh, some of that stems from insecurity. Oh, my skin is not even. Let's throw on foundation. I'd love my cheeks to be blushed or maybe they don't look quite as normal when you've just rolled out of bed. Let's throw some more on there. Not to say that everybody does it from that root cause, but I would say the vast majority or guess the vast majority of them do. And what we're ushering in, I guess, is a society where instead of sitting in your insecurity, dealing with it and, you know, building a resilience towards feelings of insecurity and gaining confidence in a natural, organic way, you kind of get to skip over that and just change your body to now fit the standard that you or external forces have set for yourself. And I guess we should question whether or not that is the way that we should go about things. Most certainly it's easier. And I myself have thought about certain plastic uh, surgical procedures that I could get done of, oh, if I don't like the, the bump in my nose, maybe I could just go get a rhinoplasty. If I wanted my cheeks to get higher, maybe I could throw filler in there or, or do it under the eyes. And the reason I don't do those things is because I don't want to give into that idea of allowing the insecurity to overrule what I think should be natural and overrule the natural process of aging. I, I want to make it to 80 years old and look at my face and know that this is just the result of aging. This is what I was going to look like because this is the life process that I went through and I didn't do anything to alter my face. Now, is that going to last? Will insecurity win at the end of the day? I have no idea. Uh, I will check back in when I'm 80 years old. I'm fingers crossed right now, hoping that that's not the case and I can have some resilience towards myself and my own self-image to go through the aging process naturally, but I totally understand why people don't, as I've had those very same thoughts myself. And I'm sure it's natural for everybody, guys, girls, we all have little things that we wake up in the morning and go, oh, I wish I did not have to deal with that. I wish I didn't look that certain way. And it could be about a multitude of things. Um, drop your insecurities in the, the chat down below. People know that they're very, very real. Taylor, have you ever thought of making yourself taller? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not, not precisely. No, I mean, unfortunately I'm blessed to be a little over six feet tall. So that's never been something that I've mm. been insecure about, but mm -hmm. like other stuff, like a uh, male pattern baldness runs in my family. My dad's pretty light up top and I feel that inevitably coming and I've struggled with insecurity over that over the years. But I think, you know, now married and stuff, I'm like, you know, when it happens, it happens. If I can't fight it anymore, whatever. Uh, I think when I was younger, I was like, no, I'm going to have to get the surgery to, you know, to keep my hair and all that stuff. Uh, but I, I think there's, you know, lines that of reasonableness of 
you know, I can style my hair appropriately. I can pay for a better haircut. I can get uh, style with my clothes or whatever. Like there's things that we can do that aren't these super drastic measures like getting mm-hmm. extra bone or something to, installed in our legs to uh, to be a few inches taller that are not only super expensive, but also just medically risky and invasive and require a lot of recovery. And I think that we, as long as we live more in the realm of what is reasonable to do, we're okay. But there's definitely a certain line where uh, you're looking to, as you're saying, compensate for a lack of security about yourself and your sense of self-worth through paying for a procedure that you're hoping that will give you something that you feel like you're lacking when you're really but probably better off doing the best you can with what you got on a reasonable level and then just owning it and living life and that to me is more likely to be met with happiness and success uh, than if you had all the money in the world and mm-hmm. could spend all this stuff, maybe that won't actually address the core issue. Yeah, and I, I'm not at all challenging what Dr. Linkov is saying of people get these procedures and they walk out happier, they walk out feeling better about themselves. I'm not doubting that that is the case. I think if you can just sort of go under the knife or you know get a few injections or something like that and you walk out having a, an insecurity wiped from your face or your body, I, I can't imagine that wouldn't make you feel better. I am curious about what the sort of drop-off rate is for patients. If he has a slate of 100 patients, how many of them is he going to see multiple times? versus, uh, you know, patients coming in once, getting a single procedure and going, you know what, good for me, insecurity fixed, I'm, I won't see you again. Uh, I'm sure that would be some interesting, some interesting numbers there. I'd be curious to hear that. People think that patients only travel to Turkey for like their hair transplants, you know, for their uh, dental uh, work, but they actually also go there for uh, leg lengthening too, in addition to, of course, other places. The body modification industry to me is getting out of control. And this is not to necessarily place judgment on the celebrities and individuals who choose to get these procedures. No, I mean, it is placing judgment on those people by questioning why they're doing it. We're placing <laughs> like judgment on them. And I think that everyone has a point where they're like, okay, things are okay until you do X, right? And whether you're a plastic surgeon, whether you're just a person out there making decisions for yourself about, you know, what you know, you find acceptable as far as a body modification, everyone makes that decision for themselves. And then potentially in my position for for patients. Okay, pause. So we'll, we'll get to the judgment aspect. Of course, in order to make, I guess, a claim about what you feel society should or shouldn't do, you have to place judgment on those who are doing the thing. I guess what I meant was that the point of the video is not to directly place judgment on, you know, said list of celebrities who are engaging in this behavior. But I guess, you know, in, in turn, you, you do insinuate that that judgment towards them. It's more so to start a discussion about what what should what do we think ought to happen when it comes to society rather than judging the people who are, are currently engaging in the activity? What do we think ought to be uh, the the result of natural thinking towards beauty and uh, how we should view aging and the natural progression of our our faces and our bodies, not to mention these sort of shortcuts that people are taking to health, which we haven't gotten into in the Ozempic discussion, but maybe we will uh, throughout the course of this video. Two. So I'll tell you where I draw the line. Uh, In addition to some of the surgeries I talk about that I don't 
enjoy doing and that I don't, you know, fully support like buckle fat removal, unless, you know, for a very narrow type of candidate. But for example, body modification, when it comes to people uh, putting you know, horns in their in their face or removing digits, you know, there are people who surprisingly do this, uh, what I think crazy stuff, chopping off their ears, chopping off their nose for a certain look. And this is where, um, you know, I have this problem because that's when you start to get into like functionality change. So when you're affecting function in that way, just for an aesthetic appearance, I think that's when you get into a problematic area. So, so that's just, you know, kind of where I tend to draw the line. But for some people, you know, even putting on makeup is not a great way to go. Like Pamela Anderson, right, is going fully barefaced now for most uh, appearances and not even applying makeup. Is that to say that everyone who applies makeup is, uh, is being fake and artificial? I don't know, some... Well, technically, it is true. <laughs> technically, it is true. So that if you if you are applying makeup, you know, some say, oh, I'm just enhancing features that I already have. But in a way, you are creating a new feature or a new way to look at your face that does not come natural to your face. And I guess the spectrum would be just how invasive the measures that you take are. And that can start anywhere from putting on makeup in your on your face uh, to getting, you know, filler and Botox or, you know, sculpting or whatever, all the way to surgical procedures and leg lengthening and all these things. But all of them are alterations uh, to the purpose of changing what uh, comes naturally to you. And I think the same is to be said for makeup. And I say that as somebody who is currently wearing makeup people might believe that most people don't right so it's kind of like where do you draw that line and it can be a very subjective uh, personal decision is how flippantly people are referring to plastic surgery solutions when it comes to beauty you think you're too fat just get on ozempic well, remember ozempic um, is not plastic surgery so right. just to make that clear in general you should definitely seek out procedures or solutions that are less invasive first before jumping to like a surgical solution that being said sometimes surgery first is actually a safer and better way to go. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I've covered it in one video about, for example, nasal filler versus actual rhinoplasty surgery. There are situations where um, nasal filler is not the best way to start if you're trying to see how your nose might look differently with like, you know, a procedure, right? Sometimes rhinoplasty is the better choice. And as I talk about in that video, it comes down to if you're reducing your nose versus adding volume to augment your nose. Most people who want a rhinoplasty look to get their nose a bit smaller in parts. So if you're now adding filler, you're actually making the nose bigger, even if it's a little straighter. It's not always the best way to go. Similarly, lip filler versus, for example, lip lifts, right? I do a lot of lip lift surgery, as you guys know, but many patients who come to me, they either don't want to get into filler because they know that the stuff can migrate. You can potentially get vascular occlusions with other bad problems, and they don't like that ducky type of look. So if you're looking to get some enhancement to your lip, but you want to avoid that fake appearance, oftentimes a lip lift is a nice solution, even though it's surgical and it carries some surgical risks. So again, there's a lot of nuance here. Never mind the fact that it there's a lot 
going on. I am curious to hear, because I know recently they've come out and said that if you're going and getting a filler injections, I think a lot of women are under the impression that filler leaves your face or wherever you've injected it within like six months or so, maybe a, a little more. And I think they've recently come out and said that they're doing scans and finding out that the filler is staying much longer than what they're telling people and what the long-term effects of that are. I have no idea. I would love to hear more about that because especially where I live right now in Los Angeles, you walk around and there are women everywhere with faces just full of filler, lips, cheeks, chin, uh, everywhere. Uh, so I'm curious whether or not uh, he would have, you know, uh, extended information, I'm sure he would, about the effects of that, what it looks like uh, to, to know that it's, it's sort of staying in the body longer than anticipated and what the long-term ramifications of that are. Because I think it's often on social media sold as a very simple solution to these maybe minor insecurities that people have, but it seems like it could come with a lot more than what we're initially being told medical professional has to quite literally grind down your teeth in order to place these veneers on you. Doesn't mm -hmm. sound exciting to me either. <laughs> How many celebrities are you seeing these days and recognizing something doesn't quite look right? They maybe look skeletal due to the ozempic shots. And also the buckle fat removal. Or their teeth look like something out of an AI robot rather than a real human due to the veneers. Maybe our robots one day will look more natural than the actual humans walking around. We'll see. Not to mention <laughs> the fact that I think it's scary. making us lose sight of what natural natural beauty really looks like. None of these celebrity faces had any problems, in my opinion, to begin with. And what really startles me is when you go and look at these before and after pictures of celebrity faces after they've undergone all of these different treatments, their before picture is full of character and unique quirks and just total natural beauty. But imagine if that same person, whether it's a celebrity or anyone else, was often ridiculed for the way that they looked. And granted that we might ridicule them in the post-op period as well, or, you know, with their post-op look. But, you know, many of these people have, uh, you know, had like lots of comments uh, thrown their way uh, about how they look and their appearance. And if they're a notable figure, then imagine how many tabloids were, you know, written about them, like looking a certain way. And eventually that starts to affect someone's psyche and they're looking for solutions to uh, potentially change their appearance and uh, maybe even look more like the norm for this time period, even if the norm in, say, Hollywood is starting to look a bit odd in some ways. But if they're gaining, you know, in popularity, they might want to look more like that norm, however strange that norm might end up being. Okay, let's pause. So there's the point made there, okay, is that a lot of people experience ridicule, bullying, uh, they, this can lead to developed insecurity. Why not have that problem fixed so that you no longer have to uh, undergo the ridicule from other people? And I totally understand that. I think from his perspective as somebody who is performing plastic surgeries, that would be, I guess, the pragmatic practical, more realistic view of how we should treat uh, people who are dealing with said insecurity that may or may not come from ridicule or bullying. I think about it from the perspective of if somebody's bullying you and tells you, you know, your lips aren't big enough or you're you're uh, you, you have too much buckle fat or something like that. And then you go and 
sign yourself up for lip filler and buckle fat remover removal. You're letting the people who ridicule you win, and you're also allowing what is a very extremely negative force to set the norm for society. So not only is that a negative impact on you, that you've allowed somebody's external uh, commentary to change what it is that you do with your life and how you view your face, which I'm sure is, is beautiful, regardless of who you are, that goes on to sort of create this trickle-down effect. So if all of these celebrities are going, creating this new norm based on their own views or on ridicule and then receiving plastic surgery, all the generations that come after look up to see what is this new norm that is completely artificially created, and then that norm is imposed on them in, in a sense. So if you allow people who ridicule to rule, essentially, by bending to their whim of what you should look like, you set not a great example uh, for those to come, even though it may fix the issue of your insecurity and stop you from receiving ridicule. So you solve some things and create an entirely different problem, and you set a standard for a group of people who already have ill intent and know that if they bully you hard enough, they can set a new standard for society at large, essentially. So just on a philosophical level, I don't know that that is the best way to go about dealing with being ridiculed. Although I can see from the perspective of a plastic surgeon, why that would be your view. You see it every day. Also, you're performing plastic surgery. So it's probably within your best interest that people do come uh, to receive said treatments. That's a great point. And I'll just add, like, you can see the incentive structures in place, too, from the celebrities' perspective, mm -hmm. because now one of the biggest barriers for people that would do uh, beauty treatments or, or body modification surgeries or whatever is the cost. And mm -hmm. when you achieve that celebrity status, then money's not really a factor in that. Plus, you have the added incentive of the limelight on you and you're on camera all the time. You have a lot more writing in your career on your appearance. So there's less of a barrier financially and there's more of an incentive uh, just by nature of being in the public light. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is the healthy choice that is going to be good for you and for society. And I think the lack of barriers on the part of celebrities uh, is what has led to just the proliferation and the quickness mm -hmm. with which uh, anyone who achieves the means is uh, running to get these procedures. And that is what has created this odd looking now standard uh, that does that looks somewhat artificial. And it's the result of yeah, not having those uh, having that positive incentive structure of uh, I need to uh, I have so much writing on my appearance, I need to fit some some certain standard and not having the negative uh, of the uh, of the cost. Right. And I, I do appreciate that he says he draws the line at functionality. If it's going to affect your bodily function, I'm not going to perform the surgery. I'd be curious to see what other lines are drawn. Does he draw aesthetic lines? It seems like in the case of the buckle fat removal, maybe that's an aesthetic line that he draws that he feels like it's too drastic of a change and he won't perform that. But what if a patient came in and wanted some sort of extreme alteration that didn't alter functionality? Would that be something that he would be willing to do for them or would he send them in another direction? Um, but I do greatly appreciate that he does, doesn't do things that are affecting functionality because I think there are a lot of plastic surgeons where you can just go to them and you can say you want anything and they'll just go ahead and uh, they'll go ahead and slate you for it and do it for you, even if it affects your quality of life down the line. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that 
uh, bending yourself for, you know, the ridicule of, of other people is necessarily a great selling point for uh, plastic surgery being pragmatic young girls and boys who are going to be watching these celebrities and thinking that this is something to aspire to when in fact it really is killing the character in their faces at the end of the day i mean again i have the vantage point of you know being a plastic surgeon and actually performing some of these procedures and seeing people on the other end of it and the overall satisfaction rates are extremely high if the patients are selected properly with the right care and attention to detail and you know doing good surgery and that often leads to quite natural and good results that people are happy with so i understand wanting to sound the alarm and saying like you know are we all moving in the right direction here as a society but also realize that well-executed surgery is first of all hard to detect and can lead to a very um, satisfied patient who honestly does look quite good afterwards it's interesting that um I, I can understand the selling point of surgeries being hard to detect. I often think that hard to detect plastic surgeries are even more nefarious than the ones that are easily spotted. And uh, nefarious is not the wrong word because I don't want to equate it with you doing an act of bad or evil or something like that. I'll, I'll change it. I'll think of something else for that. But I thought of this example this morning because I saw this video and uh, I'll show you guys it. It's Jennifer Lawrence and you can check us out. She looks absolutely stunning, gorgeous, beautiful. We all know Jennifer Lawrence is an attractive woman. Now, this girl JoJo tweeted out, it's true that you do get even hotter in your 30s. OMG, look at her. Now, I'm sure there's many people who get hotter in their 30s. I do not doubt that whatsoever. But this is not naturally hotter in your 30s. This is a collection of a ton of different facial procedures that are, you know, bought and paid for and sold. And now, because she's not, doesn't seemingly, uh, she's not very open about plastic surgeries or whatever it is that she's had performed on her face. These are undetectable procedures to, uh, to many who are looking at this woman and saying, oh my gosh, you do just get hotter when you turn 30. And they're, they're thinking that Jennifer Lawrence is a natural 30 something year old. It's just not the case. So sometimes undetectable plastic surgeries can go on to have even more harmful impact because people are expecting that to be the case for them. And uh, when it's not, realizing, maybe, maybe not even realizing that this is not natural whatsoever. So, and I, I do commend the people who get these procedures done and they're very open and honest about the facts that they got this done and uh, that's just the case for them and that is why they look the way they look. There are many who get these things done and don't say a word about it and then promote this very natural look forward to younger generations or just people of any age and give this view that this is somehow the norm and natural and it's not the norm and it's not natural. How many of the Kardashians for how long denied having work done on their bodies? And I mean, look at them, it's just insane. And I think even one of them to this day just is still not very open about the procedures that she receives, even though you can look at two photos back to back and see that there is a multitude of different uh, cosmetic treatments that have taken place. To not be open about that and to promote this like natural lifestyle where you're selling like detox teas and facial treatments and certain diets or whatever to people, be so for real.
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. Uh, whenever somebody's yeah pushing these natural whatever and then they're clearly not being open about the fact that they've had so much work done. But about mm-hmm. the Kardashians, my wife's been replaying the old episodes of the Kardashian show uh, while she's in the kind of in the background. We, bo- we both work from home. And I was walking by and I saw Kylie Jenner as like a whatever 16 year old. And I'm like, that's Kylie Jenner. Like she looks so mm-hmm. different and unique. And I'm like, she's like a cute girl. Like, but now it's, it's like, did you see that side by side meme of her and Beyonce at the latest like award yes, show or whatever? And yes. their face almost looks identical. She's had so much done. It's wild. Yeah. And you look at like these Instagram baddies and they're, they're different people and they'll be like different races, different skin tones, but the features are almost like those like video games where you could play and like swap out your doll with the different features. They're all the same. It's very interesting to watch. And really, you know, like people are going to go on to do what they're going to do. Plastic surgery isn't going anywhere. People are going to continue to modify their bodies. I'm just sort of watching this from a bird's eye perspective and saying, oh, well, this is just really interesting. It's interesting to comment on. It's interesting to watch. Uh, I by no means want to like ban plastic surgery or stop people from being able to get it. It's more of just a social commentary of where are we, why are we here, and what does this mean moving forward? My body is just perfect the way that it is, that it doesn't need to be altered, I don't need to worry about anti-aging, and that in fact, my body's natural progression of aging and gaining all of its little quirks and characteristics is what human life is about. I do think that's a wonderful approach, and I honestly hope that one day I don't have to do any of the procedures that I actually offer and that everyone will just be fully accepting of their bodies and their faces and how they look and that would be a wonderful thing I think you know that's not I don't think completely realistic I think there are more people than than not who feel like you know the as they age as they get older as they lose their hair as they get more wrinkles as they start to sag that that then impacts how they think about themselves how other people view them the different opportunities that might be available to them and just you know wanting to look and feel their best many of my patients who are older you know they feel quite young inside and when they look in the mirror and they see this different form of themselves they feel like they don't recognize that person. So they might want to tweak some things to look like their younger self. So I think it's great that she has this uh, opinion now, and I hope that she can sustain that as she ages and everything starts to change. But time will tell. I wake up. See, 
I, I hope I maintain this view too. There does seem to be this sort of underlying insinuation that as these things happen, they carry around negative value. And largely, that could be societal. Maybe you do have less opportunities. Maybe people do treat you more poorly as you age. And that is a problem that we should grapple with and probably requires a very radical prescription in order to solve. And he says, you know, I don't view that to be realistic. Me neither, bro. <laughs> I don't view it to be realistic. Uh, I guess my my uh, views on this are more uh, utopian uh, and more of, I, I guess, uh, again, philosophical. Not, not that they'll ever actually take place. It's more of the is versus the ought when it comes to aging. I would hope that as you age and you see like wrinkles pop up on your face or things start to sag or whatever the, the examples were that you go, oh my gosh, these are just things that I experienced. And now my body is an accumulation of all the things that have happened in my life. The good things, the bad things, the the happiness, the, the smile lines that you get from laughter and all these different things. I hope that when I'm older, I view that and I go, this is just the the accumulation of everything that I have lived and I now get to watch that in my face and it's now in my face as I'm communicating with people and people get to see that whether or not they view it negatively or positively and there's something to be said about the juxtaposition of like young girls who are now getting things like preventative Botox. This is a thing that young 20 somethings are going and getting Botox injected into their face because they it's apparently preventative for wrinkles and smile lines and things you get down the line. And when you have this Botox injected, you try to like raise your eyebrows and show emotion and you can't do it. You try to smile in a certain way and you can't do it anymore. Your facial muscles, because I believe Botox is a neurotoxin, quite literally do not move in the same way they used to as a preventative measure for wrinkles or for treatment of wrinkles. So where you're trying to fight your face showing the life you lived, you no longer get to show actual emotion or real character anymore. People don't actually get to see what you're truly experiencing because your face no longer moves in a way that can communicate uh, emotion effectively. This is not to say that they can't laugh or, or show you what they're thinking anymore. Of course they can. But your face like takes on a whole different frame. Your laugh is not the same. Your frown is not the same. Your anger is not the same. And it's just interesting that that is the case, that while you are changing your face and making yourself more beautiful, you're robbing yourself of free expression up most mornings and put makeup on my face that's an alteration although i view it to be less invasive it surely is less invasive mm -hmm. but it is an alteration mm -hmm. nonetheless but i myself am on my 100%. own journey when it comes to self-confidence and worrying about i think a lot of this comes down to risk tolerance you know some people are more tolerant of risk than other people some people are scared of uh, going under the knife or something or getting a, a needle with some substance injected into their face and i totally get it if people find the right you know provider they should you know, they'll probably have a little bit more trust than that. But even so, you know, I, I get it. It's just a risk reward type of, uh, you know, kind of balancing act. And, you know, it's hard to find people that, that you can trust. And, uh, you know, for some people, it's just no matter even if they're going to, quote unquote, the best for whatever procedure it might be, they might still be too scared to undergo that, even if they really want um, the aesthetic change. And that's a big part of this. How much risk are we willing to take with our own bodies? You have, I think, 
think for some people that's true. Uh, that would not be the point that I'm trying to push through in this video. I do think there are many people who would undergo uh, plastic surgery if they felt like they trusted somebody or if they felt like the, the risk was minimal and they would go and, and do these procedures. For me, you could give me the number one plastic surgeon, and this is not to virtue signal or like pat myself on the back, I'm just saying, you could give me the number one plastic surgeon and I go, you know what, as much as I do have insecurities and I would like to maybe fix these things or not have to deal with it or take this way out, I'm not gonna, not gonna do it. I trust you wholeheartedly that you're gonna do a good job and I will come out looking like something that maybe I, I dream that I, that I want to look like, but I'm gonna stand on uh, the first principle of this not being necessary and hold off and hopefully we over time that that becomes more popular i saw there was this girl on tiktok who's like 28 and she posted a video of her face like smiling and showing her eyes and all this stuff and said this is the natural aging of a 28 year old and i chose to not do anything to my face and i thought oh my gosh a great video it got millions of views super cool she was getting eaten up in the comments and mind you this was a very beautiful 28 year old girl she looked normal but people were eating her up talking about like your wrinkles are disgusting look at those smile lines you can fix this with botox you can fix this with filler just like what standard are you setting for people that they feel the need to respond to somebody who's aged naturally in this way uh, you know with that sort of energy very very strange i know that's not all people i think most people are pretty normal when it comes to uh, aging, but that sort of response online is concerning, especially when you uh, factor in that these are very young people who are putting together these responses who are probably not even old enough to receive uh, plastic surgery operations, but they're sort of primed to think that that is not a normal face and they're primed for their future of undergoing these cosmetic procedures. I'd be curious as a plastic surgeon, what the age range of his patients are and whether or not that has changed over time. As the years go by, is he seeing people younger and younger stepping in for procedures that would have typically been done for people who are middle-aged or you know seniors and whether or not their stuff is starting to skew to younger ages? Because it seems like that when you're on the internet, but of course, people who are like influencing towards plastic surgery procedures and posting that stuff on the internet, it's a very distinct group of people. So I wonder on the real level of somebody performing these procedures, whether or not he's seeing younger and younger people show up in his practice and how he feels about the fact that younger and younger people are showing up if they are. Have to learn to cut out the noise. I think real beauty comes in a self-confidence and acceptance of oneself, but also the pursuit of a healthy mind and body. For sure, that's always going to be more critical to really accept oneself with the way you look and everything. I'll also say that I agree with her that there's a lot of uh, marketing out there. You know, people putting a lot of money, companies putting a lot of money into promoting a certain drug that mm -hmm. they sell or a certain procedure that they offer and um, all of that is you know hitting our eyeballs and and competing for our attention online and on all these different social media apps so you know there's a lot of that going on so trying to put all of that you know aside and trying to really kind of like uh, grapple with yourself and figure out what do you really want what do you really need to look and feel mostly feel as as 
as positive, as confident as you possibly can. No matter what you look like, there's always going to be a new trend, a new body type, a new procedure, a new way to alter your face, and you can be thrown around like a rag doll, constantly trying to chase these things like you're in a perpetual game of operation. Yeah, I mean, just uh, as a side note here, there's lots of new, especially technologies that are coming out all the time, and often they're not fully tested and i don't mean they may have gotten fda approval i don't mean on that front but uh, even if they're fda approved they may not have been around for that long they may not have been able to yet stand the test of time and so often they're put out there as this latest greatest trend and the companies want to promote it they get doctors on board to promote their new tools and all these different people are going under for um, a procedure, let's say, and, and, and they're getting it done. And then we find out years later that, hey, you know what? The results are uh, subpar, that they're losing fat in their face, for example, like uh, from all therapy or some other gadget is hurting them down the road. And then people get you know upset with that technology and then eventually kind of fades uh, from popularity um, until the new thing comes back. So it's very important to not just jump into something that's like a new technology or a new technique and to first like see how it does in the marketplace and and just uh, over over time and seeing if it's truly a safe effective way to go not just jump into it because it's the latest greatest thing and i do yeah and i mean uh, the latest greatest thing is going to change a million times between now and the time that we're like 50 or you know whatever age you want to throw out there in the 90s it was like we want you to be stick thin and a little like skeletal and there was a name for what models look like at the time i don't remember what the, the the name was but now we've ushered in this time where it's like oh we want you to be slim thick so somehow you're supposed to be fat in the chest fat in your butt but skinny in the middle and we got to figure that out and you can sort of like watch uh, i keep going back to the kardashians but you can watch like the progression of their fashion their style and their bodies to see what the sort of body shape is for the time or what the face is for the time because if you go through their pictures periodically you will find that they're very rapid changes. I mean, Kim Kardashian went from a very normal looking individual to, you know, super thin. And then she got a little BBL body with the butt shelf. And now she's gone back to, to super thin and I believe is uh, taking Ozempic as well or was taking Ozempic. So, you can actually watch it in a real life human being as they try to keep up with internet trends or to set new internet trends for people to follow themselves. And it's kind of disturbing to think about it, you know, in that way and to think about the fact that that is happening. And I wonder what the next trend or body type is going to be and how we're going to be able to keep up and adhere to whatever the new standard is that is set. And of course, in my utopian view, all of this is solved by people choosing not to participate. However, that's never going to happen because we always have to set distinctions about, you know, beauty and and set standards. And then there have to be people who set an unattainable standard in order to reach, you know, peaks of, of fame and celebrity and status and engagement. So this is always going to be a reality. I think we know that.
You find it hard to believe, as much as people talk about it, that these operations truly fix the underlying insecurity that leads you to seek them out in the first place. For most of my patients, this is the case, exactly what she's saying. There's usually a more kind of pinpoint approach for patients who are doing this for, I would say, the right reasons. It's not that there's a thousand things about themselves that, that they don't like, but it's usually that there's one, maybe two things that is really bothering them. And maybe people keep pointing out that like, hey, this person is, you know, too bald. This person's, you know, lip is too long. This person's face is just too saggy. Look, pause. I have to think about this. Okay. Question that I would have for him uh, as a physician is what what is the difference between somebody who has one insecurity that they want to solve and they see you one time in your office and they fix that insecurity versus somebody who has maybe 10? Arguably, if there is one standard uh, for the time. Let's just say that the standard right now is BBL body, big lips, and uh, buckle fat removal, right? And one person has two of those things, so they fix the third, but the other person has none of those things, so they fix all three. Is there an actual difference in those two people and the, the level of insecurity that they face, or is there a standard that all are trying to work towards, but people have differing, you know, have variations in the different standards that they meet. Is a person who fixes one thing really less insecure than somebody who fixes 10? I don't know. I mean, that could very well be true. And I think, of course, there are people who are more insecure than than others. But I wonder how that does pan out with all the different procedures that one is capable of getting. And it seems like he did say most of his patients come in and get one procedure. They fix it in there. They're out the door. So there's something to be said for that. And I would love to hear what the actual numbers are on that. Just one quick thought here yeah. to add is when we're talking about like fixing insecurities, it's interesting to use that language because when you're when you get a body modification procedure that fixes something that you're insecure about it doesn't necessarily mean that you have fixed the insecurity mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't mean that you have dealt with the fact that you are insecure about your body or you yeah. can be made insecure about your body your sense of self-confidence self-worth in the world is still in your body it's just now you've put a bandit over that and you no longer have to deal with feeling that now i'm not saying that categorically anyone who ever does something is you know not is is in, going to be insecure incurably insecure but there's something to be said for that and something mm -hmm. to be said i think that's why it can be so addictive to where when you see someone who has the means and starts to go down the the rabbit hole and they get one then they get more and more and more uh, because that core issue maybe is still there and that's why i think it ends, tends up spiraling out of control where you get people looking like aliens uh because that underlying issue is still there and i again don't want to make like a sweeping claim that no one should ever do anything within their means to uh, address deformities or issues with their appearance that they would right. like to improve. But there's definitely something to be said for like, unless you confront the core issue of insecurity about your appearance uh, on, in an inward sense, mm -hmm. then you're, you're never really moving on and growing as a person. And I think that's uh, another dimension of the conversation that gets overlooked when we reduce it to only the, the physical aspects. Yeah, 100%. I, that's it's actually very true and a very good point. And you could take like any case study or any person who has uh, a ton of plastic surgery that you can think of, when the trend does shift and change, they go right back to the plastic surgeon's office. So clearly, 
the underlying insecurity is not fixed. Now, he's making the argument that he does see patients one time, but still, if you've molded yourself to meet a certain standard that you've set, you haven't really fixed the underlying security, as Taylor said. You just put a Band-Aid over the situation, and now people can't see that that's actually the way that you were born or that's actually the body that you were given. You know, that when they address that, they really do feel much better about themselves. But of course, you have, uh, you know, certain people where they're abusing, you know, the plastic surgeries that are potentially available to them, and they might be addicted to that. And really, they need to look more uh, inward, you know, before getting anything more done. I think we can all collectively agree right now, hopefully, that none of this is necessary. And unfortunately, it seems like these negative influences are only going to continue to grow. For sure. This is, um, by definition, elective procedures, whether it's actual surgery or a non-surgical type of approach. You know, these are elective procedures. No one actually needs them. You know, so I think she is right in saying that. But also keep in mind that many of the surgeries that exist, um, even uh, just in general, just like when you look at all the surgeries being done around the world, forget about plastic surgery for a second. Most of them are elective, meaning that let's say it's an orthopedic surgery to help your shoulder, you know, move a little bit better or, you know, some like surgery for your sinuses that help that helps you breathe better. It's still technically an elective surgery, not like a life or death surgery. So that's something that also I think is is good to keep in mind that we have many surgeries out there that are a little bit more for just enhancing the quality of life rather than uh, prolonging life. I think these top right. I get what he's saying there. I think arguably those are more about you know functionality and maybe underlying pain and things like that uh, rather than just changing something aesthetic. But I could see how uh, changing something aesthetically could also technically improve your quality of life. But that is, I guess, the indictment on society that that you can change something aesthetically and that can improve your quality of life. It's kind of a sad reality that we live in, that we can't just accept the people's faces as as they are, which is really the, the heart of, of the issue. Topics about what is natural beauty and how much body modification is too much is something that's super interesting. And we need to mm -hmm. have more discourse about these types of topics. And when I listen to podcasts, when I look at what people are actually talking about when they interview, you know, certain popular figures, this is rarely a topic that comes up, even though you do have videos such as these that bring up these topics. So I would love to have podcast style discussion with various people, okay. including maybe some <laughs> of these YouTubers to really dive deep into what might be the reason for people wanting these various procedures and where are we going with all this? What does the future look like? I think 100% and you, Dr. Gary Lynn Carver, invited on the show. I will talk your ear off <laughs> for as long as you'll let me on this subject. I have many a question and I think it's really interesting um, because of course we all have the places where we draw the line. If I tell you that, you know, there's a spectrum of cosmetic alteration, you'll be able to tell me where you draw the line or what you deem to be too far and everybody will probably have a very different answer for that. There's a whole nother level to it when you're a plastic surgeon who's tasked with performing the surgeries. So he has to go through meet with patients, talk to them about what they want to get done, why they want to get why they want to get it done. And then he has to decide whether or not he feels it's necessary to do it himself. And that's a whole nother uh, power. It's a whole nother 
level of responsibility and where you would draw that line as a plastic surgeon is very interesting. So I would love to hear that and how you yourself uh, identify where exactly that line is. We got a few little clues throughout this video, but again, I could talk your ear off with uh, questions on <laughs> this subject in particular. So hopefully in the future, we have a little crossover where uh, he is on the podcast and we can discuss this at length. And now guys, we're going to get into your super chats. <laughs> All righty. Um, real quick, I just wanted to re read the results of our poll. We asked you guys, if money were no object, would you consider getting plastic or would you get plastic surgery or a body modification procedure? 24% mm -hmm. uh, say yes, 62% say no, and the rest say not sure, show results. So that's interesting that a pretty sizable chunk of you guys um, would be open to it. Now, it's so broad. It's like, Right. That could mean some of you are asking, like, does that mean LASIK, which I would put in a different category because that's like restoring the function of your eyesight. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, I think that's interesting just to get y'all's input. And we did just get a $50 super chat. So Indigo Rose jumps to the front of the line, mm -hmm. uh, says Jacques Fresco. What is beauty is a great video I found when I was young. Greatly helped my view. Beauty changes with time and culture. You'll love him. Check him out. Uh, be your own trend. If a one foot long nose was the shiz, everyone uh, would be wanting surgery for that. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's so interesting what goes in and out of style and the sort of new things that pop up that maybe we don't expect when it comes to beauty and how quickly society moves in that uh, direction. I think there is something to be said for sort of being uh, maybe an outlier who decides, oh, you know what, I'm not going to. I'm not going to engage with this now again it probably does come with a lot of negative uh pushback and it can hurt your opportunities and things but it's more about what are your principles on on beauty and everybody's are different so i will have to check that out what is beauty all right uh taylor fan club says i forgot to mention this but an actress from the boys aaron moriarty addressed the rumors about getting work done by showing what she looked like without makeup i don't know what's real anymore yeah, I mean, so if, if <laughs> you know, if, if, if you hear hoofbeats, it's probably a horse, not a zebra type of thing. Uh, it's one of those things. If you're if it's looking like plastic surgery, it's probably it's probably plastic surgery because typically people's faces don't make these major alterations like that over time. And you can look at some pretty consistent features that sort of stay within the within the facial structure. So if things start to look a little uh, or, or drastically different, it's probably because there was drastic alteration. Now, I don't know about the specific photo of Erin Moriarty that, that went out, but I do know that her photo, uh, the juxtaposition of her look did go viral. And I think it was the thumbnail for uh, one of our videos. Here in Hoofbeats is all I will say. <laughs> it walks like a duck, as they say. Yeah. Walks like a duck. Yeah. Uh, Nels says, I'm 5'10". Even I feel short when I think of people that are six feet. It feels nowadays like women only want tall guys. Yeah. Tall, tall guys. I mean, there is definitely, I think, if you're going to ask a ton of women who they would rather date, it's going to be, uh, you know, six foot or, or higher guys or whatever. Now, is that realistic? No, we know it's not realistic. Statistically, it's not realistic. So we can like bend ourselves to what people want and get all these surgeries to fit ourselves in a box, or we can go, hey, that's actually not realistic. And you're gonna have to deal with what the real human population looks like. And it's not a ton of guys who are six foot or are taller and allow the people who would ridicule you to actually accept the real reality rather than you having to augment yourself to create a fictional reality 
Celtic Blacksmith says, why don't they do some research on personality transplants instead of all this plastic surgery? (laughs) Since half of these three or four lemmings are so damn boring. What did Trump say about Ron DeSantis? What what DeSanctimonious needs is a personality transplant, and those are not yet available. (laughs) Such a sassy thing to say. It's so, so, so sassy. Um, Yeah, no, I don't know. It's... We all have insecurities. That's that's what it is at the end of the day. And there's almost an element of like the more plastic surgery I see in somebody, the more that I know they're struggling with uh, in, in on a day to day basis. And it's these are a lot of these procedures are no like walk in the park. They're extremely painful. Uh, and it's very similar to how I view gender dysphoria in a lot of ways, like people willing to go under the knife for this incongruence that they feel in their brain. It's actually a really deep struggle. And I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of sadness underneath there, even though you can cover that sadness with the makeup or the plastic surgeries and things like that. It's a very similar thing. Yeah, that's, I haven't thought of that parallel, but that's actually a very apt comparison to the way that surgery is resorted to in mm-hmm. gender dysphoria and I guess body dysmorphia or just general insecurity and right. like where's the line between one of those and the other. Mm-hmm. And by using surgical methods, uh, are you really addressing the actual dysfunction and the actual underlying issue mm-hmm. that will lead to acceptance of yourself, that will lead to long-term happiness, that will lead to better relationships, better outcomes for your life. Is the surgery really the vessel to do that? I think that's a valid question to ask. Right. Uh, Chicken Pork Adobo says, I'm insecure about my height. I'm 5'2". I'm short even in my country's average of 5'6". I listened to this doctor for hair growth medicine. Now my balding hair is better and I'm gaining beard too. Hey, there you go. I mean, yeah, we all have our things. And I was reading some of your comments and people were saying, you know, I'm insecure about my cheeks. I'm insecure about my nose. I'm insecure about my eyes. I'm insecure about my teeth. Yeah, we all have something going on. And I think acceptance of oneself doesn't mean that you never face insecurity again. That's something else, too. It's kind of an acceptance that the human experience involves insecurity, especially in this day and age. I think we're like at peak levels of insecurity and alteration and constantly thinking of ourselves. I think of prior humans and how, you know, there probably weren't a ton of mirrors around and we certainly weren't carrying around, you know, photo phones with cameras on them. So like your view of yourself was not happening anywhere near as often as it happens now think about how many times you see your face in a day for an entire for the entire time that i'm talking to you i can see my face on a monitor right in front of myself that is not normal it's not natural it is not healthy but it's just the the time that we live in today and if you think about prior humans who were not looking at their faces on a screen they did not have social media they a lot of them didn't even have mirrors there's not a lot of room to be all that insecure other than from what people tell you you look like because you don't get the chance to like look at all the minutiae and focus in on these little tedious parts of your face and now it's like we have a microscope on every single cell of our body and the insecurity that that generates we know is definitely not natural so think about whether or not plastic surgery and these treatments are are natural of course not yeah It's definitely like a heightened level nowadays of insecurity that we probably feel. But I think, like you said, insecurity about your physical body is probably something that is natural, that every single human being experiences in one way or another. And the thought that helps me is just there's someone out there who's 
more deformed than you, shorter than you, fatter than you, skinnier than you, <laughs> has some problem that is worse than whatever you're insecure about, that it, but is com- comparable in a you know physical sense. Uh, but yet they're living a happier, more fulfilled uh, life because they have accepted themselves and uh, have decided not to let that insecurity uh, overwhelm them. I think that is something that is probably true in many, many cases. And some, you know, someone uglier than you is doing just fine, just owning it and rocking it out. And you'd be better off if you did that. So, and dude, like what, what are the odds that you are living right now and that you're sitting here, like listening to this or like having this discussion in the first place? What are the odds that the sperm met the egg and created you and you're here? And like, out of all that probability, you're like, I got the wrong body, man. <laughs> like, you, mm-hmm. this is an awesome experience that we're all going through now. And of course, again, there's plenty of people who experience negative impact based on like what they look like and how people view it. We've all like been bullied and ridiculed, and some people get that more so than you know anybody else. And that that is tough to grapple with. And I'm I'm not in the situation of it being all that I- extreme. And I don't know what I would do if I was. So there's something to be said about that. But just like you're we're all lucky we're all lucky so to like hate on the vessel that we're all sitting in right now is kind of wild yes that's a great point gratitude is certainly in order just for being here uh quasicule mefeka says hey amelie taylor not simping but amelie you are the definition of natural beauty Stop it. you too taylor <laughs> yes amelie you should do a world tour of your song <laughs> it's not even my song guys it's bill burnham's but i appreciate it i'm glad that you guys uh like the rewrite and i appreciate the compliment that's very very sweet uh cute animals everywhere just sends a super chat no message from australia appreciate you uh, Cosmich says, I was really sick in 2020 with an eating disorder, lost 75 pounds and was a size zero from not eating. I got way more positive attention from my friends and family, as well as random strangers. People's standards are sick. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And of course, yeah, it's weird. People always say, you know, you wouldn't give an anorexic, uh, gastric bypass because they want to be skinnier but we're where we do all these other different you know augmentations to people now arguably they don't affect functionality in the same way uh, as giving an anorexic a gastric bypass but it, it's all it all exists on this sort of spectrum of harm <laughs> i guess uh, hannah d says brandy carlisle has a song where she sings all of the lines across my face tell you the story of who i am I hope I always keep that in mind as I age and my face changes. Not everyone gets to grow old. Yeah, dude, you have to fight that feeling. You have to fight that feeling of like, I want to get rid of this. I want to get rid of that. And uh, yeah, it's just weird. I think it's an unprecedented time of having to fight that feeling, though, although it's always existed, as we said before. There, it, it makes sense, right? We lose uh, functionality. We lose our quickness. We, we lose a lot with age and then we associate the change in our face with a loss of something as well. And we want to fight the societal view of aging, the like functional view of aging. It, It would be only natural since we're, you know, sentient and we have consciousness that we would, you know, think these things. Yeah, that's what bugs me more is getting slower on the volleyball court. <laughs> right, to, right. <laughs> to be as good as I once was just yeah. by virtue of pure age. But I yeah. like you said, that's a reality. And I think there's a a maturity, a wisdom, and just a refinement of your inner self that comes with going through that 
process and kind of accepting it and allowing it to better you in another sense, even if like in a physical sense, you are aging and deteriorating. Yeah. And he, he did, he got inside in this video and I didn't even get to remark on that because he said, he said, it's a lot of older patients that come in and they say, yeah, like I look old, but I feel really young in my brain. Well, yeah. How cool is it that you're like 80 years old and you look 80 and you are, you know, still like sprightly in the mind and you're witty and sharp. And that's a cool thing to be. I don't know why we feel the need to like reflect this youthfulness back onto our 80 year old bodies when in fact you might feel 25 in the mind but i don't know what that means because your mind is not 25 your mind is also whatever age that you are so again it's an incongruence and a lack of i think uh a lack of sight on what you're actually experiencing your your mind is quick and witted but it's the quick-witted mind of an 80 year old like you don't need to reflect (laughs) that on the outside and there is something like a little sad about watching an old person like chase this like youthful yeah. look co- consistently of like oh you can't just like live and settle in in the body that you're you're in yeah you're you just reminded me that in the new testament paul said like though outwardly we're wasting away inwardly we're being renewed day by day and there's something to be said for that having that separation and being able to as you age continue to grow. And like, I know some older people who are just so wise and so strong that they're giants, you know, Mm -hmm. to contend with in the world and they're influential and they're, they're forces for good. Uh, and they just carry that. And despite maybe being in a frailer, uh, physical vessel for that, they're just huge on the inside. So even like spiritually, mentally, uh, you can, continue to grow. And, and I think that part of aging is learning to build, build yourself in that and, and kind of put less weight in superficial things and more in hopefully more in things that are of enduring significance. Right. Okay. Uh, be mad says my girlfriend got lip filler. And for the first couple of days, as it was swollen, I was unattracted to her. Now it's passed and she's my beautiful queen again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, there's a little bit of a recovery period, I guess, on these things where you you get little uh, duck lips when you get filler and things like that. I know plenty of women who have gotten procedures and, you know, plenty of friends who have done uh, done stuff like this, you know, uh, to each to each their own. Uh, but yeah, I imagine with filler, you go through a little swollen period <laughs> with your lips. A little bee sting. Yeah. Uh, uh, Laura... Zanon says, uh, Amala, thanks for covering this topic. It's so important for us to find beauty within ourselves. I've also chosen to age gracefully. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I hope that all all is going well and that that is super well received. I hope there's, you know, figures when I'm older for like younger kids, people doing that and, uh, showing them that that's something they can do. Cause I, I didn't grow up on social media, but I imagine if you are growing up on social media, your view of like beauty and what's natural is probably so fucked up. <laughs> it's probably so, so messed up. Like what you think you're actually supposed to look like at a certain age is probably nowhere near what the actual reality is. So just imagine that. And kids are getting, you know, iPhones from the moment they're born, you know, straight out of the womb now. So their view of like, the human likeness gone essentially gone yeah it's in the, the layers just keep coming we were worried about you know filters and photo editing and now we got ai it just keeps going yeah and the tools are prolifer- proliferating mm-hmm. uh we're going to be increasingly out of touch with simple humanity yeah 
Uh, Don Demanda says, I have lots of scars. They are badges of honor. About to get one in, enlarged, a second cardiac bypass eight days away. Worried about scar first time, not at all this time. Yeah, see, I, I, I was, I had um, a surgery when I was 14. I have my spine fused, so I have a huge scar down my back. And of course, at 14, you're like, oh my God, my life is over. I'm going to have this huge scar on my back. Nobody's going to think I'm cute or anything like that. Now I'm like, oh yeah, that's awesome. I just went through that. There you go. You have the scar to show it. And like in the same way you keep scars from your kid from when you, as a kid, from when you like scuffed your knees and stuff. It's just little memories that your your body now has. And we view them so negatively like the amount of women that I see of like I'm about to give birth to a child um how do I like stop stretch marks from forming on my body and I'm like okay I I get it I understand you want to like oil yourself up and do all these things to prevent what could be you know multiple marks on your body but also it's like dude your kid left that on you you grew a human in your body and the result of that is that your skin stretched in order to house a human being and your skin now shows that that's fucking awesome <laughs> like that's <laughs> so cool and it's just like how can i as a pregnant woman hide this from my body i just had a surgery how do i get rid of the scar how can i why does bio oil not work and why should i use this product it's like oh how it just the, the burden that it puts on your brain is just, it's so immense. And I say this to somebody who experiences insecurity on a, on a daily basis. It is a burden that your brain has to carry with you uh, all the time. And it's kind of sad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. B says, I think getting a surgery for functionality of muscles or joints is very different than getting buckle fat removed or lip filler. P.S. Love you both. Yeah, of course. It's definitely uh, like sure. way different if you're, you, you know, you can't, you, there's no cartilage in your knee and you go for a replacement or something to, um, then rather than like my lips aren't big enough. So let's like throw some filler in there. Totally, totally different. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about like orthodontics before and that's kind of in between, right? Because there is some functionality to it to like prevent dental issues long term but yeah there's also definitely an aesthetic element 100 um, percent. i thought about yeah. it from like i'm like okay like what if i broke my nose and the doctor's gonna go in and give a rhinoplasty would i be like would i be like oh yeah go ahead and fix the thing and i'm like no don't do it like, <laughs> don't succumb even though you're already getting a surgery do not succumb to your insecurity and tell them to go ahead and fix the thing while they're in there leave try to get it back to as normal as you possibly can even though i know people do that i don't feel any type of way about it of course but i'm just saying i i'm trying to like on the most fundamental level you you possibly can battle this till the day i die this is the hell <laughs> He'll let all die on. Give me the Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna natural beauty even harder. <laughs> uh, Celtic blacksmith says, "I'm just saying, there's more important shit to spend your to spend your money on, like family activities or interesting hobbies or PO boxes. Just a few examples. Yeah, or PO boxes. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you make you'd be so rich, dude. If you're a plastic surgeon, you'd make so much money off of." Uh, off of this stuff, which is why I think a lot of them go crazy and they'll just do any procedure, like even if they know it looks wild. But you know what? 
what is the difference between somebody who wants a procedure to make them look normal and somebody who want to make them look normal, which is what we deemed normal to be, and somebody who wants a procedure that you as a plastic surgeon deem to be outlandish? There's really no difference so long as they're not affecting their their functionality. So why wouldn't you go perform, uh, you know, uh, an invasive surgery that leaves them looking a way that you don't think is normal? Because normal is just what we've made it to be, and it changes every few months as a new trend comes out. So who is to say what's normal when it comes to plastic surgery procedures? It's another question. Yeah, and he, he did say something to the effect of like the satisfaction rates are really high um, of his customers or patients. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, well, that's probably true in the short term. He said he did qualify when saying like if they're properly selected and, and prepared or whatever. Um, but like, what's to, like you said, it's so subjective as a plastic surgeon as to like, whether you think someone is a good candidate for a procedure mm -hmm. that they want. And then in this capitalist world that we live in, if you won't give it to them, um, who's to stop any other plastic surgeon from giving them what they want? And I'm just, I'm just curious too, to just for, for patients who have undergone maybe multiple procedures, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be really interested to see a survey of like mental health and compared to the general population. And, and I wonder if there would be like heightened rates of like that's interesting uh, anxiety, depression, etc. Yeah, yeah that would um, be an interesting that'd be an interesting thing to look into. Yeah. I would do wonder as well. Um, I think this might be our last one. It's be mad again it says I used to be insecure about my body, but with the right meal plan and exercise, I was able to overcome it. There's something all yeah, I think that's great. I think that's awesome. A meal plan, exercise, and I wonder, that's another thing to look into. Somebody who does studies. <laughs> how mm -hmm. does like putting yourself in the position of like elite health, like as, as far as you can go with health in a practical sense of like food and diet, does that at all change your mental health in a way that makes insecurities less, you know, uh formidable? Did do, do you do you feel insecurity less, even though you might still have the same features? Like if I have a bump in my nose, but I put myself on a meal plan and exercise, it doesn't necessarily change the way my nose look, but does that alter my view towards uh insecurities that I had prior to undergoing the sort of health change? I'd be curious to to see that because you know a lot of people say that uh, just being healthy and daily exercise helps with anxiety and depression. How does that then, you know, translates to insecurities that you might notice on a, on a daily basis? Maybe there's somebody who's already done this study, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just just questions. intuitively, you have to think that like it just the the research I've seen is always and just anecdotally that right. people who exercise on average have better mental health, feel healthier mm -hmm. and have better outcomes in their lives. And he made me think of like the, the short guy syndrome, you know, where mm -hmm. if somebody, uh, guys that are short on the shorter side tend to uh, be more apt to work out, at least again, anecdotally, and as a way of sort of overcoming uh, one deficiency by emphasizing another, which is, again, you can say that if you're trying to compensate for that insecurity, but you're still very insecure about your body, then you maybe you're not helping yourself that much. But there is something to be said for just doing the best you can with what you got. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think your best self will emerge when you do that. And I think that it holds true in, in 
different domains than just hype for sure. Sure. Uh, a couple more super chats coming in at the buzzer. Monty Jose says, hot take. I don't even like big earrings and jewelry in general. I find it distracting from natural beauty. Same for lots of makeup and fake lashes. Yeah, everybody's different. I feel like, uh, yeah, these are all, these all exist on the spectrum of like alteration and pr presenting a, a certain look and everybody's going to want something different or be attracted to something different. And that, again, it's like, I'm curious where after we, we end the show, you guys can comment down below where you draw the line. What is your line on procedures and alteration and uh, all and makeup? And what, what do you think is is too much? Because it's subjective. I just, he said fake lashes. I'm sorry. I thought of AD on Love is Blind. <laughs> Love is Blind. Yeah, she does have some big we fake lashes. Yeah, she I does. Just, I, she, she took them off and, and you saw her and I was like, wow, she, you know, her she's yeah, pretty. Like, AD's I, gorgeous. I, yeah. 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 Um, There's a lot. like distracting. But I don't know. It's a personal thing, whatever. I'm not casting judgments, but. Yeah, I feel like um, they suit her face better than I've seen maybe other faces suited to super large false lashes. But still, it is, you do see it like immediately. You're like, whoa, these are some really big lashes. And of course, in LA, everybody, everybody's doing like lash extensions and very, mm -hmm. they can be very dramatic. Yeah, as a guy, it blows my mind when I walk walking in the mall and there's like a lash store. Wait, what? <laughs> a whole store just devoted to eyelashes? Yeah, like, yeah. what is this world that we live in? <laughs> Girls want to look like Betty Boop. I guess. <laughs> Uh, Lauren Grubb says, I had a sinus surgery to correct my deviated septum. I asked the guy I was dating if I should alter the shape of my nose, and he said no. We soon married. Oh, I love that for you. Awesome. That is so very, very cute. He said, no, girl, do not go in there and change what does not need to be changed. And I'm glad you married him. That's such a green flag. Good for you. Yeah, needs to keep her. Mm -hmm. Jacob L., I think this is our last one, says, uh, I was attacked by a dog at eight. It was so bad. I needed over 200 stitches on the right side of my face. <sighs> my mom did everything right by treating me normal and telling me to tell friends I fought it off and won. <laughs> that is so awesome. What a good mom, too. Uh, I, that's got to be traumatic for all involved, for you, for whoever had to find you in that instance. The uh, The stitches and everything my gosh that's really really tough but uh sounds like you had a good good strong mom and you took that eight years old that's no small it's no small feat so wow <laughs> that's yeah crazy. It sounds like you processed it in a healthy way with with her help and i bet you're stronger inwardly for it and probably carry yourself in the world with more confidence and uh yeah and security uh, then if that had never happened so not saying it's a good thing but hey there's sometimes blushing blessings in our blemishes or battles yeah yeah it's just like things happen now you like you you carry them with you and whether or not it's like something you can see or something you can't see it's just like it's just how life goes and to be able to accept things as they happen it's just like so it's so powerful it's such a powerful place to be in as as a human being and i think you'll find that it's it's rare like it's a rare thing it's a rare trait to be able to have and it's something that i'm constantly working to harness and have not yet obviously but uh yeah very very cool and guys with that, that is the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you like this video, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is about how a ton of crimes are, uh, I think, going to be logged as women's crimes when, in fact, biological men who identify as women are the ones committing 
them. We're going to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about J.K. Rowling, a little bit about the broader implications of uh, this sort of agenda and ideology. And of course, I will have some very strong opinions on the matter. So keep an eye out for tomorrow's video. It is a crazy one indeed. Guys, thank you so much for watching and I will see you tomorrow. Bye. Hmm. <laughs>